I'm gonna plug a few dates. Friday, July 2nd, I'm gonna be at the Hollywood Comedy here in Los Angeles, 8 p.m. show. Monday, July 5th, I'm gonna be at the Universal Bar and Grill, 8.30 p.m. show. You don't need tickets for that, you just show up. Friday, July 9th, 2021, I'm gonna be back at the Hollywood Comedy in Los Angeles, 7 p.m. show. You can look for the Eventbrite link on their website. Wednesday, July 14th, I'm gonna be at the Side Yard Farm and Grill in Portland, Oregon, 6 p.m. You could go to my website, click on the link, and you will be able to purchase tickets. Friday, July 16th, I'm gonna be at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank in the YooHoo Room, 9 p.m. You can click on the link on my website for tickets there. Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. I am recording this on a Saturday. I had kind of a fucked up week because I thought I was at the finish line with my short film, my short documentary film, my directorial debut. It's called JNS Auto, and it took me like five years to finish. I thought I was at the finish line. All I had to do was get sound mixing complete. Sound mixing is just basically cleaning up the audio and making sure that the uh, sound is good. Um, sometimes they'll add sound, sometimes they'll, you know, do something with effects, whatever they need to do to make it um, auditorily pleasant, okay? Sound is very important in cinema. And I was, I worked with a great sound mixer because UCLA told me that I have a $2,000 budget funding um, in order to complete sound mixing. So I fully trusted that and I hired the best from their vendor list, from UCLA's vendor list. And she did an amazing job. And she was now like, okay, I'm ready. I, I'm ready to deliver. Uh, just send me a purchase order and I will, you know, make sure that this invoice gets processed. I was like, awesome. I reach out to UCLA to the administrative staff at the film department and I say, how can I get a purchase order? And they were like, uh, we're not going to give you this money. You need to pay for it yourself. I'm like, what? Because I would not have hired a $2,000 sound mixer if I knew that I was supposed to pay out of pocket. The only reason why I hired a $2,000 sound mixer from their vendor list is because they told me explicitly that they have this funding for me. So that was a bit of a shock to my system. Um, it made me doubt everything again. I mean, the other, on, with the other thing too, is just like, I just got back from an eight day trip with my mom, you know, like I was vacationing with my mom and it was difficult. I mean, it was very challenging. There were moments when I thought I was just like, not going to make it. It's very saddening to know, to admit to oneself that the person who triggers suicidal thoughts and depression is your own mother. I mean, that's a very, very difficult thing to admit, but that is the truth. I find my mother very challenging, but, you know, I also noticed that, like, there's been some self-growth within me, and there's been a lot of growth and effort on her end, too. And in spite of that growth, it's still a challenge, right? So I just... Getting this news from UCLA did not help. It did not help my feelings, did not help uh, having faith in humanity. And, you know, it just made everything seem pointless again. Such as the artist's lot. I have a GoFundMe campaign. It is on my Instagram at HJ. You can just look up GoFundMe and type my name in, Grace Jung, and you'll probably find it. I will put my GoFundMe campaign on the website for K-Drama School. And if you want to donate, I would really appreciate your, your help, your patronage. It's not easy being an artist. I think being a filmmaker is perhaps the hardest because 
It requires a lot of capital. It requires a lot of reliance on others. And that makes shit tricky. I thought I could do this all by myself. And I did it for the most part all by myself. I mean, I the, I'm the one who shot it. I'm the one who edited the whole thing. But, you know, I needed to get additional shots and I had to hire DPs for that. I had to get color correction. I had to get sound mixing. And that's something I'm not able to do. I have to rely on others who have the skill set to do that. And when I'm relying on those others with their skill sets, I'm going to pay them because artists deserve to get paid for their work. Unlike how fucking America makes us believe. What we do is work. It is valuable, meaningful work. It is good work. It is work that is necessary in all societies. It's part of culture, okay? That's what art is. It's the heart of every society, and yet Americans just don't know how to treat us well, and that depresses the bejesus out of me. And I have not been in a good place this past week. I'm trying to get out of it. The show I'm going to talk about this week is called Master's Son, and it is written by the Hong sisters. They are known as Hong Jung-un and Hong Miran, respectively, and they are Korea's most well-known sister duo writing partnership. You know, oftentimes you get like the brothers, right? Like the Cohen brothers. They used to be the Wachowski brothers. Now they're the Wachowski sisters. I guess you have that. But you don't really find a lot of cisgender sister duo writing partners or sister duo directors. I mean, that's very, very hard to come by. So I'm glad to know that South Korea has the Hong sisters and they've written a bunch of hits. They wrote The Greatest Love, which I covered in, I believe, Episode 7 with Kimberly Clark. They also wrote Hotel Del Luna, which stars IU. But that show is a show I could not finish watching. I'm sorry. I mean, they're very good with romantic comedy like that. They have nailed it. But sci-fi, fantasy, I don't know. Master Sun is a unique one, though, because it is technically fantasy because you have ghosts and stuff. But... It's mostly a rom-com and it stars Kong Hyo-jin and So Ji-seop who I love. Like I love both of these actors so much. So I'm gonna watch it. The Hong sisters, they also wrote Hayuki, which I couldn't finish. Uh, they also wrote My Girlfriend is a Nine-Tailed Fox and the show You're Beautiful, neither of which I have seen. They were writing for shows that have been airing since the year 2005, starting with Sassy Girl Chunhyang, which is a retelling of the Chunhyangjeon, which is also a pansori, known as Chunhyangka. Pansori is a form of oral musical storytelling. It is a traditional form of Korean singing, and the training for it is very rigorous. It is a dwindling art form, and... There's actually a black Cameroonian French pansori singer named Laura Mafo. She has some following. And she's also an honorary ambassador between Korea and Africa, which I find very dope. Check out some of her tunes. I mean, she's pretty great. But pansori is, is a very difficult kind of singing method. I mean, it essentially you're just kind of taxing your vocal cords. It is very guttural, um, and it is a very expressive form of singing. And personally, whenever I hear pansori, I'm always very deeply emotionally moved. And I'm oftentimes not sure like what it is that's being moved inside of me. I just know that I am very moved when I hear pansori. So that's sort of a special thing for me. What can I say about The Master's Son? All I can say is that is it's kind of a gimmicky show. The Greatest Love was such a good drama and it was just like the chemistry between the actors on that show with Cha Seung-won and Kong Hyo-jin was just so good. And Cha Seung-won was so funny in that drama. And I think So Ji-seop felt a lot of pressure to level up, you know, on Cha Seung-won's level. But the thing is like, even though both Cha Seung-won and So Ji-seop started out as models in their career, Cha Seung-won's acting ability and his comedic timing and sensibility is so much sharper than So Ji-seop. 
Like, Sojisup is a very good dramatic actor. He likes comedy. I know he has a lot of comedic friends, and I've seen him on variety shows every now and then. But Cha Seung-on is something very special. I mean, he is far more versatile. I would say he's a he's a better actor than Sojisup. And so Sojisup's acting in The Master's Son sort of reflected a lot of Cha Seung-on's acting from The Greatest Love. And that kind of annoyed me, honestly, because, you know, I'm all about originality. Like, I don't want to see duplicates. And Sojisup was really attempting at a carbon copy of Cha Seung-won's performance as Kuk Do-jin. Like I said, this is a gimmicky show, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, Kong Hyo-jin was very good. There, there were some awkward moments and some awkward scenes. You know, I don't know who to credit for those awkward moments but uh maybe it's just a combination of like things just not gelling the direction and the writing and the performance like sometimes they just didn't gel quite right there was also a lot of cgi to exhibit the ghosts like basically kong yujin's character is able to see ghosts and they terrorize her all the time and whenever she touches sujisub's character she's no longer haunted by these ghosts like she doesn't see them anymore so it's like he is the person who guides her or takes care of her like I, he's he's got he's kind of got this like knight and shining armor sort of persona he's part of that archetype i would say and the interesting thing is though like a lot of these ghosts, although they initially appear scary, especially to Kong Yujin's character, who freaks out whenever she sees them, the thing about it is like there's always this issue. Like the ghosts have some unresolved issue, or they're still hanging on to something from their past life when they were still living, or they have a message to deliver, and. And Kong Yujin's character is there to sort of help them through that. So in a way, Kong Yujin's character has sort of this shamanistic element. I mean, she's cloaked with Korean shamanistic sort of indigeneity, but quite westernized too, you know? Like she has she has crosses everywhere. She wears a big cross and like she's always trying to fend off these ghosts through Christianity, which is totally futile uh, because the ghosts are there anyway. I mean, they're not affected by Christianity. And I don't think that's something that the Hong sisters are deliberately writing so that we're reading into that, that sort of religious conflict. But it's there, it's there, and I see it. All in all, if you just want to see a fun, cute, gimmicky rom-com with a ghost story backdrop, this is the one to see. I personally enjoyed it. I enjoyed it only because Kong Yujin and Sujisup are in there, and Sujisup is so fucking fine. Today I'm going to talk to a local LA comedian who I really adore. Her name is Alexis Bradby, and I love Alexis because she has always got this positive, upbeat, energetic, joyful spirit. She's nothing like me on stage. She's, she's you know, she's got energy, she's bright. She, there's joy leaking out of her and it's just pleasant to be around. You know, my aura when I'm on stage is I'm very deadpan and I'm serious at times and I could get gloomy and dark. But, you know, Alexis is the antithesis of that. So I really adore her for that. I appreciate her for that. And I think she's a wonderful part of our L.A. comedy community. So let's talk to Alexis Bradby. How is it down there? Um, it is insane. Like, literally, I don't have a car with me, so, like, I'm just totally... And my mom was like, I'm going to pick you up. And I was like, I told you I have to do something at 2. And it was, like, 147. Uh, and I was like, we are not going to make... Like, it was, You're panicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my phone's dying, so I was like, how am I even... I was like, I'm going to have to send her an email. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we're here. this whole thing. Where in the South are you right now? I am in Louisville, Tennessee. Mm. very nice very nice yeah shit i <laughs> i am um, tennessee 
Yeah, I actually uh, dated a guy from Memphis. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's probably like the only part in Tennessee you should date a guy from. And that's really. Yeah. I don't know. And even that's questionable. But yeah, <laughs> the rest really? of it is very different. I feel like Memphis is its own culture. I mean, not really. It's still the South, but it's different. It's like a little more hip, maybe. Yeah, um, more diversity, and not yeah. even that much diversity. Just black people there, yeah. and like there's not yeah. a lot of anything else. Yeah, yeah. The most the most diverse you can get is just like all black people. Yeah, <laughs> that that's all it goes for Tennessee. The rest is just white, and then some black people, and that's it. Like when yeah. I moved to LA, I was in serious culture shock because I hadn't met a lot of Asian people growing up. So like, yeah. I was really ignorant about a lot of things, and I was yeah, just yeah, really yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is cool!" But also, I was saying a lot of stupid stuff because I just didn't know. Uh, yeah, it happens. But you know, you're black, so you get a pass. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like because like, yeah, I mean, the the guy I dated, he was a black man from Memphis, and you know, there were times that he would say like like ignorant shit to me and i would just be like you know what black man like <laughs> you get to say that to me it's okay because i love you but <laughs> like don't go around saying that shit like openly you know you're gonna look like an ass yeah but like if he had, if he had been white and he said that it would have just been like over relationship over you know <laughs> like this is over we're done you know um yeah, like with Lexi Grace too. Like she would sometimes like call me Jin, you know, like the other oh. comic, and I just uh, be, like, uh, and I was just looking at her. I'm like, I know what just happened. You and I both know what happened, but it's okay, you know. Like fucking Kanisha Bell, she did the same thing. She called me Jin one time. Like we were at a um, a mic. She kept saying Jin, Jin. Oh, bitch, you're gonna ignore me now, Jin. Hello, <sighs> and like I heard her. I heard her, but I didn't turn around because she wasn't calling my name. And then somebody goes, that's Grace. And she goes, oh, shit, my bad. Grace. And I turned around. And I was like, yes, Kanisha. <laughs> you know? If I'm it's ever, fun. if I'm unsure, I just don't say anything. Like, if I, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you just keep calling them Ace. It's like, hey, Ace. <laughs> What's no, good? literally, I'd rather yeah. do that than like look like like I hate doing that because I've done it before. <laughs> Especially like I said at We've USC, like it. I was around a lot of different Asian people for the first time in yeah. my life, and I was doing it so much, yeah. I just like I had enough yeah. embarrassment that I was yeah. like, I'll never do this again. <laughs> but like you know, like I've done it too. Like I mixed up like Rosie Tran with Robin Tran. You know, like oh. I was like I was introducing Robin Tran to stage, and I almost fucking called her Rosie Tran. Like. <laughs> That would have been, you know, and then like I did that with uh, Kimberly Clark and fucking Crystal Adams. Like, called, oh day, oh day. I called call Crystal. I was like, oh Kimberly, and then like Crystal's sister was like Kimberly, and I was like, oh my god, I did the thing. I At did, least you I'm have sorry. the names. Those names are all similar, so that's one it's saving similar. grace for you. They start with K's, you know. <laughs> Like, come on, comics, black women, and in the other cases, like, both R's, like comics, you know, Asian women. Yeah, I was just like, all right, you know. But like, that's the thing. Like, it could happen to anybody, and that's okay, you know. I think it's fine. I, I don't think it's anything to, like, shame somebody or, like, end their careers over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've been seeing too much of that, so. Anyway, so, like, like what what brought you down back down south? Um, I just, well, not to get sad, but I had, like, a lot of, like, deaths and stuff in my family that, like, I oh, wasn't I'm able, sorry. and a murder. The murder is really what got me, because it's, like, the deaths, it's, like, okay, people are getting old and dying, but I was, like, I just wanted to come home and, like, regroup. Also, are we live? I need to blow my nose. I don't know what to yeah, do in this situation. Yeah, blow your nose. Do your thing. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and so, uh, I just came back to, like, help my dad clean up my grandmother's house and just, like, you know, be a family. Sure. I know it's still the pandemic, so I felt really bad, but I was also, like, I wait purposely like past the rush of christmas and everything because i was like hopefully yeah. it's like less risky now yeah no so. don't feel guilty over that you know like we all have to see our family at some point we all have to see our friends at some point there's no point in guilt tripping yourself over that shit you know there are going to be people who find it their duty to be political about this kind of shit and they want to guilt trip you about it don't listen to that you're there yeah. for your family right now. Stay present and be present for your family. 
Yeah, definitely. And I've definitely been trying to, like, remember that and, like, avoid it. Because I could definitely use yeah. this opportunity to, like, do hobbity or something. Because there's, like, so yeah. many stages. But I'm like, no, I'm just here for my family. Focus. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But it's been cool. Wow. It's crazy, but. Yeah. I mean, is it, like, do you find it nourishing in any way to be there with everybody? Yeah, I definitely think, especially because in my apartment in L.A., um, my roommate is, like, AWOL, never there. So, like, I'm literally alone mm. most of the time. So, right. I think it's good just to, like, you know, have someone in the house with you and, like, see. And also, like, hug. I'm a really big hugger. So, like, yeah. hugging my family is so great. It is. That's um, huge. And also, it's kind of, like, igniting a fuel. It's also, like, motivation to be, like, okay, like, I can never move back here. <laughs> like, just be here. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I love them, but I'm like, okay, this is, I got to keep going. Like, fulfill the yeah. dream. Don't give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what brought you to L.A.? Well, I came for college, but I definitely think after living here and, like, just being immersed and, like, learning so much, I was like, I can't go back to how I used to live. Like, that's not okay. an option after, like, seeing the world. And I studied abroad and stuff, and I just feel like the more you see of the world, the more you're like, I can't go back to, like, my little yes. small town. <laughs> for sure. Where did you study abroad? I went to uh, Italy. I did Florence and then I did uh, Rome as well. But I also was oh. kind of just all over the place. That but. sounds... Be- well, yeah, that's what happens when you go to Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just hop on a plane and go somewhere like fabulous. Exactly. Where else did you go while you were in Italy? Um, I went to... Uh, wait, like cities-wise or like... Yeah. Just yeah, I mean, pretty much any- all the major ones, like Naples and yeah. Venice and yeah. like... I even went to this island Malta for my spring break. That was nice. fun. Yeah. I was really, and like little cities too, like, just because I was really, like, I was kind of like the study abroad snob who's uh-huh. like, I'm here for like the culture. Like, I was like, yeah. really, like, I would Fuck only yeah. speak Italian to people, and yes. like, people hated that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that noise. You do you. Yeah. That's cool. Did you like go outside of Italy? Um, only like one time, really. and I don't even know if Malta, I think Malta's technically Italy, because I had done another Europe trip where I like did the, just see okay. the major stuff, and you're just like, take sure. your picture, get out of there, like, right. I had already done that trip, so yeah, I was really yeah. just like, let me yeah. immerse myself in the culture and <laughs> learn things. That's awesome. You know, I, I've been to Italy just once, but I stayed in Rome, and just for like a few nights, and it was mostly like a conference, I didn't really get to explore, but like, Italy's such a like massive country like outside of Rome and it's got so much beauty yeah. and like food and culture and like I didn't get to do any of that so man I'm envious that sounds awesome it's so yeah. pretty but I I really was sad like when the COVID was like I mean it was hitting obviously like uh China and other countries first but it was like when Italy was like shut down I was like oh man I was like I know they're suffering because they're like such a like gathering group of people I was like oh they're going through it like yeah 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 for sure yeah italians love like they love to gather love to eat together you know just hang out and talk they love talking yeah yeah it's fun i i love italians for that and um yeah shit when i was in rome like i think the first place they took us out to dinner there were literally 13 pizzas like (laughs) fucking sitting it was like first course pizza, second course pizza, and croquettes. Third course another pizza. I was like, "You're trying to murder us with pizza. Like we're gonna die of pizza, you know." But they were all good. They were great, you know. The wine helped it. too. <laughs> Italy, fucking. I mean, it's it's we we are social creatures, you know. We do have to meet people, and you know, like I I like my alone time. I find mm-hmm. it precious. I like to, you know, I figure out things to do and make my time alone very productive for me. But I also notice that, like, you know, I do need to see some people, like, maybe at least once a month, you know, just go out yeah. and, like, go for a hike or something like that. Have you been doing shit like that? Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge hiker, but <laughs> I've been a few hikes. I, uh, I mean, I was doing the outdoor comedy stuff, and then I stopped. And now I see everybody's doing it again. I'm like, I want to do it again. But I'm like, I stopped because when the numbers were like, like around November, I was like, oh, yeah. this is not worth it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to mm-hmm. encourage it. Because I know also with comics, it could be like, oh, so-and-so's doing it, so I'm going to do it. So it's like, I didn't want to be part of that right. cycle of like pressuring people to make them sure. feel like they should do it. Yeah. Um, but now I'm, I'm now that I'm outside, I'm like looking like, I want to do it again. Um, yeah. 
so but I like parks like sitting at parks and um yeah. I was working I was working for a while so that was kind of my that was it and then I would just sit at home because I was that's working right did you study uh film at USC like I was in the film school but I was in like a new media program so mine was more stuff uh, supposed to be like digital stuff like actually people it. in my major probably thriving very well during this time because like yes. that's what we the studied like VR, how to adapt AR all that shit <laughs> yeah like yeah. online content like this is like what we yes. lived for so y- you want to know what's crazy so like the last class that I was a TA in it was like digital media arts mm. and so um like we were reading all up about like you know like perf- performance art like the museum video installations you know mm. and like those big galas and biennales where they show like vr ar kind of stuff and i kept asking my students i was like what's the point of this like what's <laughs> i don't what is the purpose you know and they had like interesting answers they were like oh maybe for like medicine or maybe for like you know I don't know, like conferences, you know, and then, and then that was in, that was in the winter. So I was in the, in the winter quarter. So I was like ending the class in March <laughs> pandemic <you know? laughs> and it all made sense. So <laughs> now I've seen the light. I get the point. I see the, and, and like around that time, fucking like some comedians were like, yeah, like it's going to get to the point where like we could do a comedy show in people's living rooms through VR, AR technology, you know, instead of selling seats in a theater, we sell seats in the home. And I was just like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Now it's like, sense. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in that sense, it was humbling and enlightening. So, okay. So, so did you want to do like digital, did you want to be like a, like a video artist or a digital media artist? Um, I was in it and it was kind of weird because I was accepted into this media. I had applied for production. Like I came wanting to be like director, blah, 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 make my money. Like that was my plan. And then like the more I was in school, the more I was learning, it was like, actually, I have no clue what I want to do. I was like, Mm. I know I like doing I was like someone who liked doing a lot of things and I think a lot of people in that major like they attract people who like have a lot of different interests yes and so it sucked because I had a lot of different interests I was around a lot of people who had a lot of different people who were good at a lot of things so it's like this is not helping and then I randomly I don't know what happened but I was like I had tried stand-up once in high school Mm. and then like it was it random time and I never did it again but I had like always liked that moment and so I was mm-hmm. telling someone about that and she's like you're so funny you should try it and I was like well I'm in LA so like why not and so then yeah. I started taking they have like USC has like comedy minors so I started like taking what I know people are always shocked by that and they have it two versions they have a comedy writing track and they have a comedy performance track so I didn't officially graduate with either because I was doing both of those tracks and I couldn't get the credits for both but so I started taking stand-up classes and like writing classes and just trying to like do that who was was teaching those classes like literally my sketch my sketch writing we did a whole show basically we did SNL as a class and so they had the three different classes uh-huh. And so my writing professor, which also I sucked, none of my stuff ever got picked. But anywho, he was really cool. He is the creator of the show Martin. Like the creator of Martin was running show. my class. I know. And so I really wanted him to love my stuff. And each week he's like, mm, you're not getting it, Alexis. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm a failure. Um, okay. him, and then the stand-up teachers was Craig Anton, who okay. he's really, yeah. abs- I don't know if you know, he's like obscure, but I, I always yeah. tell people the dad on Phil the Future, that's his credit yeah. to me. And then yeah. Wayne Fetterman taught the other class. Okay, sweet. I, wow. I think Judith Shelton teaches one too, but I didn't take it with her. I think she started Man, after I went through wild. it. that's wild. Okay. That's cool. So that was random. And then I, but I, when I graduated, I still was like, this is not a viable career. I was like, I didn't come really? to this expensive school for this because i could already tell in my college years i was like there's no way i'm making money from this so i was like i need to fix something else and i graduated uh-huh. and i still was like don't glow so i still don't know what i should do for like money i've been <laughs> jumping random jobs around i'm just like hoping this comedy thing pays off one day um or i'll just keep getting random jobs but that's that is the that is the part that is part of it you know like i mean like i was the same way i you know i 
I mean, you made fun of me for being a fucking old hag. <laughs> you have every right to. I am a lot older than you are. But, like, I, I was the same way, you know? Like, graduated into a recession in 2009. Luckily, I got, like, oh, a... I got like a Fulbright to go to Seoul for a year, so I had a year oh, to flow sick. and just. You're do a Fulbright. You're, that's a huge. We just need to pause and acknowledge <laughs> that. Awesome. That's amazing. Congratulations. Th- thank you. Yeah. So I did that. That was that was my study abroad because my parents couldn't afford to send me abroad. I wanted to. I had an opportunity to go to France for like a summer, but like they were like, we can't afford it. So I was like, fine. So the Fulbright thing that paid for a year in Seoul. And then, you know, I was just like you, like I was an English major, but I wanted to get into film. I had interned at a theater company where they actually produced a comedy show. One of the one of the comedians being one of my favorite comics of all time. Jessica Kirsten was in that lineup. Oh, cool. And yeah, so like I, I, I had, you know, all this other stuff that and mostly like in my early 20s, I was just only dabbling in a million things, but I was doing things. I was writing. I was like, mm. you know, writing fiction. I was um, interning in like film curation, film production. And I eventually got a job in film distribution, but, you know, hated that. And, you know, it's like, I think that in your 20s, you have every right to explore as many things as you want, you know, as freely as you want. I think that's like how you figure it out, you know? Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't think your major matters. Yeah. It seems like it doesn't. I think just for me in LA, like going to USC, no matter what school, it just helps get you in some doors just because like that. They have a thing called like the Trojan Mafia and like that mess is real. Like I've definitely Mm -hmm. gotten jobs just because like, oh, USC, cool. Yeah. You're hired. (laughs) Like, wow. Yes. Um, Yeah. My friend, uh, she's a, I mean, I'm a Bruin. I mean, no offense. You. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm wearing my, my UCLA sweatshirt. Ah, I should have worn um, something. <laughs> yeah. So I I uh, I have a friend. She's a colleague, uh, but she didn't finish the program. I'm in the Cinema Media Studies program for my graduate degree, but she didn't finish and she went to CAA. And she says, like, when she looks at the directory, it's like all USC, 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 USC. Yeah. And I was like, are there any Bruins? She's like, yeah, they're like old like like a couple names but they're all like straight up usc and i was like god damn so but that's what you paid for that's the expensive education that you paid for you paid for that network and that that's an investment no for sure and i mean luckily i don't i don't actually pay for it that much but hey that's cool (laughs) that is cool yeah it is i think usc does a good job at like looking out for their own i think they're good at that yeah i'm not sure if ucla is as good as usc in that regard yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess probably just everyone's like, "Oh, you probably need this job because you have all this debt." So let me help you. Like, yeah. I know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Well, I mean, are you working on anything in terms of like what you want to do, like break into showbiz? Like, did you write a script, like TV pilot, like anything like that? Yeah, I wrote a um a Dave Speck. In my mind, I was like, I'm gonna write this Dave Speck. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. Little Dickie's gonna find it. He's gonna be like, "Hey, you need to come work for me." Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I also learned after I wrote the spec that people are like, "You shouldn't write specs for the show you want to be on because they don't like to read the specs of their show." Mm-hmm. But I was like, "Too late. I've already written this." Um, it's still but, practice. Yeah. yeah, I think that's cool, and I honestly hate that. There's like this thing where everyone says stop writing specs to like write original pilots, but for me. To do a comedy, I feel like that's dumb because you need to learn how to write the other. You need to write other characters. Like if they have established world, you need to know how to write the jokes for that person. So it's like, what is me writing an original pilot? Like, how does that prove I could work in a room? I don't know. It's dumb to me. So I like writing specs, but I think I have to work on an original if I actually want to get in Uh anywhere, which is kind of dumb. I think uh, writing specs is, you know, at the end of the day, it's still an exercise. You know, and so you're still like working out that muscle and writing a spec is still challenging. I don't think writing a spec is easy at all. Yeah, yeah I definitely. Yeah, especially like a spec that like actually like would make sense and like has their voice. Mm-hmm. I think it is a challenge. But I think that's a challenge that I feel like is why I want to work in a writer's room is to like try to make like still be funny. But like because it's one thing to do stand up and write jokes for yourself. It's yep. totally different to 
still be funny, but write jokes from a perspective that's not really yours, but like trying, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's a good thing. Keep it your is. muscles flowing. Um, I don't know it what is. else I'm doing. What else am I doing? I don't know. What do I do all day? I don't know. I'm also like, I want to like, I feel like I've been trying to so, so hard to like focus on numbers and like growing content and stuff. But now like for March, I'm like, I just want to focus on like being funny again. Because I feel like that's where I saw success before. Like before the pandemic, I feel like I was starting to get to like, this is where I want to be. And yeah. um, I think I only got there because I like stopped caring about anything except being funny. Like I was like, let's focus on being funny and the rest yeah. will come. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's my new outlook. I think that happens a lot, um, especially like right now. It's like such a disorienting time because everybody's stuck inside, and it's like, what do you do? What do I do? Like before, I would drive somewhere and I would get on stage. That's what I did yeah. every day, and now it's like, I don't get to do. What do I do? So we do the content thing. That's a lot of work, and you stop writing. So you're like, oh, I got to do this shit too. But I think having a writer writing group is important for that reason right now. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, being able to meet with other comics and just write stuff out, like having that accountability, having that attention, um, dedicating that time. I think all of that, I think that goes like a long way. I think that's super important. Do you have allergies or a cold? I mean... It's allergies. <laughs> Yo, no. it's real. And it sucks. I feel bad. And also, like, I didn't take anything today. But, like, for example, like, when I got on the plane and, like, when I go back, I, like, took – I never take medicine, which is its own problem. But, like, for the plane, I was, like, taking everything because I was, like, I don't want people to think that I'm, like, sick. Because, yeah. like, a lot of the allergy – my symptoms for allergies are a lot of the COVID symptoms. And so I'm, like, <laughs> I have to <laughs> – I was like taking like I took like two inhalers and an allergy pill. I was like I don't want any kind of suspicion yeah. arising. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like real. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely get on that Claritin Benadryl, you know, train because I generally don't have allergies, but like since a couple days ago, I've been feeling it. Like I went on a hike. I I was sneezing, sniffling the whole time. I was like, this is weird. And then yesterday I got hit with a migraine, sinuses, all of that. Ooh. I was like, okay, like, it's on. It's fully on. <laughs> and I was like, it's spring. Spring's coming. March. Spring is here. It's fucking March. Yeah, it's happening. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think things will open back up soon. And I think, you know, we'll be okay. Like, you know. Um, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be weird. I don't know. I'm looking forward to things opening up. But I also think... I don't know. LA comics are, it's already a weird thing. And then now add this and I just like, it's going to be so weird. I don't know. Like people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took a pandemic for me to like feel attached to LA. <laughs> yeah. Like, Cause you're being like distance makes the heart fonder, even though you're like in it, you're like, you're not in well, it. when I left LA for a full year, and I was just like traveling, like, you know, all over. That was a great year. I had a lot of fun that year. Um, and I was like starting to come to peace with LA. It took like five years for me to actually like come to peace with LA. And then like the pandemic, the reason why it made me appreciate LA more is because um, I can drive anywhere and it'll be like, I'll find a beautiful spot to like sit outside. That's, that's yeah. Los Angeles. That's the SoCal experience. And I was like, this is a big gift that LA has like right now, you know, February, March, like it's like s snowstorms everywhere. You know, yeah. Texas is all fucked up. New York's all fucked up. And like, I was, you know, driving, like driving up a mountain to go for a hike, you know? No, nice that's definitely the appeal. I think that's why besides trying to get famous, I think that's why so many people move there is for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like you get you get you try and get famous, but you know if you don't, you could like go sit by a lake <laughs> and think about your life a little bit. Go see the ocean. You know? Yeah. Do you have like um, long term goals? You know, and part of me was like, I should ask what we're gonna talk about so I can be prepared. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, I mean, I'm just asking like whatever comes to mind. But you don't have to um, have anything like that or a short term goal if you have. 
Yeah. Um, long-term goal, I want to be um, like a headliner comic. Like I know some comics do comedy to be writers. I'm mm. more so I'm doing the comedy and because I can't do the comedy, that's why I'm trying to do the writing thing. But that's not my like, I'm not really trying to be a writer. Like I am because I need to, I guess mm-hmm. society yeah. says, but I'm just trying to be headliner touring. Yeah. I don't want to be like, like famous. I just want to have people. I just want enough notoriety and undeniably funniness to like be a headliner and it doesn't feel like stressful because right now whenever you get a show it's kind of, for me it's kind of stressful because they're like you need like they're not like you know people aren't like harassing you but like they want people to watch their show and it's like yes. i don't have that pool like i'm not gonna be able to bring people to watch this show mm-hmm. so i i just want that like a level of pool to where people would come out and pay money to see me and i can live yeah. and not have to do another job that i hate that's pretty yeah. much my long-term goal. That's a good goal. Yeah. 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 I, I, I share share that aspiration as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't like... Um, I mean, I like my job right now. Like, I like academia, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't mind it. It's It feels the same to me in a lot of ways. Like, thinking through jokes, thinking through academic stuff. It feels very much similar, but... Yeah, it'd be nice to just like, just be on the road and just you know, just do theater shows and like if a friend has a movie, just like make like a cameo appearance or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's what I say because people mention acting and I'm like I don't really want to like I'm not trying to get an Oscar, but like like you said, a cameo or just like something a silly little yeah. character like that kind of acting I'd be into. But like I know I respect acting as an art and I know that I don't want to do that. <laughs> like so yeah. I don't want to get into it. A hundred percent. That's funny you said yeah. about academia, because I feel that way. Like, part of me, especially when I graduated and, like, didn't know what to do, I was like, should I just go back to school? Because I, mm. I do like school, and I, I, I find that similarity as well of, like, discussing and, like, learning, and I think it makes yeah. comedy better, like, when you're smart. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if I don't figure out, maybe I'll look into PhD programs and you figure should. it out. I think uh, doing a PhD is, like, a really good way to do comedy, actually, because um, you travel a lot as an academic because there are conferences every year and like there was one year when I did like something like five conferences and I was in like five different cities all over the world and I did comedy in every single one you know yeah and it's great like during the day you go to school and you think you read you talk and your mind is like working and then at night you go and hit a mic and it's like it's no better no better period in my life like this is like this is my life it's like at the prime I mean not right I mean even right now like I don't mind it it's not mm-hmm. bad you know but like um last year the year before that it was just like the best yeah no this sounds yeah. great I think I would just have to figure out what I want to do it for because I feel like also you can't just get a PhD just because you kind of also have to have that interest there or else it'd probably be miserable that's true, but I mean, as long as you stay curious, I think that's all it takes. It doesn't matter what you do, you know. Like I did cinema media studies because, it you know, it's the closest thing to being an English major. But I didn't want to get a PhD in English because I know what happens when you get a PhD in English. You just <laughs> you become less viable for a job than like anything, you know. Like, so um, I did cinema media studies because I worked in film production and distribution, and I was like, well this seems I want to go here and that was the right move for me you know but yeah as long as you stay open and curious like I think it's fine anybody can do it and it does take commitment but plenty of people dropped out of the program too you know and it's not like a loss you know that was just their experience up until then now they go do something else yeah, yeah, there's another. I don't know if she was in your same program. Well, I don't know if she was at UCLA, but there's this comedian, um, Ambria Allen. I don't know if mm. she was at UCLA. Okay. But um, she was doing a PhD. I don't know. I don't know if she finished it or where she wasn't. Because I just know now she's like writer. Like she writes for all these like shows and like award shows. And I was like, that seems oh, wow. so dope. And I that feel is like. Dope. I think it definitely helped her with the, cause she's really smart. Like I, sometimes I like that, but I also hate it. Like when pe- people are like, oh, you're like a smart comic. It's like I don't know mm. if I like that distinction <laughs> yeah i understand what you mean um like a mark Marin type or like a yeah harry condobolu yeah um 
Yeah, I I understand that because like I personally don't enjoy Mark Marin or Harry Kondabolu's uh, comedy really. Like I like Mark Marin's podcast a lot, but I don't really enjoy. And I've seen Mark Marin like live, and like I had a good time, but I don't remember a single joke. Like <laughs> you know, because when I see Marin or Harry Kondabolu on stage, I just figure I might as well read a book. You know? <laughs> Like genuinely, that's how I feel. Like I might as well just get a book. Like talk about your dick a little more, or talk about like you know somebody's asshole. Like make make me laugh hysterically. Like that's what I'm there for. But it's like when you're distracted by profound knowledge, it kind of stunts the ability to laugh freely. You know? Yeah. And, it would make uh, sometimes can make you feel dumb. I was on a Zoom mic yes. yesterday, and someone was talking about some kind of like. Now for albeit I'm ignorant a lot of like the whole Israel Palestine. I know right. basic stuff, but I'm very ignorant. And they were going ham on those types of jokes and I was like, Well now I just feel stupid. So I can't laugh because I'm feeling like, right. self conscious about me not knowing what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And that I never want to be too. in that situation. So that's, I'd be afraid that's... if I got a PhD I'd become that person. <laughs> like, be that person no no that's precisely it like yeah you don't want to make people feel stupid you don't want to come off condescending mm-hmm. um but i think it's okay to be profound on stage i mean comedy is profound there's a way to make profundity funny profundity is hilarious you know like like when i was like having a, my mushroom most recent mushroom trip you know that's like all you have is like profound thoughts and a lot of them are hilarious you know it's so <laughs> fucking funny and uh I think that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you getting a PhD will make you less funny because you become more intelligent. Like, I, I don't <laughs> see a correlation, you know? Like, I mean, I'm I'm funny. I'm smart. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shoehorn in, um, like, intellectuality into my sets, you know? Sometimes, yeah. like, it goes in there to some extent. But I think it's about, like, making it really efficient you know like like slide it in there like a like a little sliver like a little razor but it's still a great big pound cake and you're not gonna see that it's in there you know i think that's the trick and it's doable plenty of people have done it and it's hard to do that i think like if harry condobolu and like mark maron just like whittle down their jokes down to the fine the finest piece then and make it less wordy then yeah maybe it'll be just as hilarious yeah no i definitely think that and i feel like i've said that before maybe not to you but to others i don't know but i feel like you're really funny and i feel like maybe this comes from the phd or maybe just you were doing this beforehand but i feel like you like really get like every like angle like i feel like a lot of us myself included like we'll just like touch the surface like we'll do this joke and we're just like touching but like you're like you're like, I'm going to get every part of this thing out of here. And I'm just like, oh, God, I want to do that. Because I feel like I've seen you do five minutes on, like, one thing. And, like, you don't go off that one topic. And I'm like, how? It's the PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I don't think that's the PhD. You know, Ting Notaro, she's not really formally educated. Like, she didn't really i think she barely graduated high school. I think she just got her GED. But that's what Ting Notaro does. She takes one topic and she uses every part of that she uses every bone like a buffalo with a native american just like every piece and finds a way to do it and i love that ability i think it's just like same thing as staying curious you just stay curious you know Mm -hmm. you stare at it long enough and you get to see all the angles and you get to see all the things it's doable and it's fun you know um yeah that was like the fun thing we talked about like the other day in the writing group like when diana was just like riffing on something and it just started and Kati was just like like i mean like she's like oh, i admire those people who have like one long joke and it's like well this is the start to it like you riff on something you see the the signposts and then mm. you only collect the signposts and then it's like whatever let's say you were riffing for five minutes if you just take the signpost that's like 30 seconds probably of the joke and then it's like refilling that part in through the writing and adding the tags and then you build it back up to five minutes but now it's just like it's like you know cold hard steel like can't penetrate it's just like a full-on excellent joke right yeah so it's writing 
Yeah, and that's what you are. You're a writer, so comedy is all about writing, right? Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you're right. There's some oh. comics who are like, like Bobby Lee, like he was saying, like, like I feel like comedy is performer, performance, mm. you know? And in his case, that's true. He doesn't write, you know? Like, I went to see him live. Like, I wanted to see Bobby Lee just doing his whole set live. So I drove down to fucking Irvine and watched it and by myself you know Commitment. like everybody's, wow <laughs> everybody's like a couple they're like staring at each other sharing pretzels google you know googly eyes i'm sitting there by myself with a beer and i'm like watching bobby lee do his thing and he was doing jokes that he'd done like 15 years ago that i heard like you know on spotify you know what i'm saying yeah and it's like ah oh, shit okay but you know he admitted he was like i'm not a writer i i'm a performer and he does bring it he brings the energy and like that's a big component you know but for me like i'm very like reserved and sarcastic and dry and so my writing has to be tight yeah no that's definitely true it's need based as well and this is random, but I just realized that I've been looking in the camera because I've been looking at you, but I feel like you're looking in the camera, which I'm like, maybe I should have been looking at this whole time. Uh, it's okay. It's, mm-hmm. it, uh, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't okay. matter. doesn't matter. Um, nothing matters. Yeah. Nothing matters. Yeah, we're all going to die. It's okay. It's Everything's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into <laughs> flashcard questions. I have some flashcard Ooh, questions. Oh, exciting. Yeah. All right, so the show um, I'm talking about in this episode is called Master's Son. And it's um, it's about a woman who see go- who sees ghosts, and she falls in love with a guy. Um, so yeah, it's like a, like a rom com ghost. Super... Oh, she falls in love with the ghost guy. Oh no, she's a she sees ghosts. He doesn't see any ghosts. Um, but she falls and in she love falls with him. With ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, yeah, that would have been interesting if it was a ghost <laughs> I was making sure. That's that's a good show. You should write that show. That's I would the watch spinoff. <laughs> that's the spinoff of Master Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So let's say uh, you're you're this woman who can see ghosts. All right, and the ghosts mm-hmm. know that you can see them, mm. so they're always coming to you, asking you to do favors for them. But like that keeps putting you in danger. It puts you in mm. precarious situations, and the ghosts scare you as well. They look freaky. You know. Ooh. So like, you know, but you keep seeing them. So people in society think you're crazy, right? Oh, and they okay. they won't hire you. You keep getting fired from jobs. Like it's making your life miserable. What do you do? Mm. Oh, this is hard. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to say kill myself, but that might be what it comes to. I think very wow. precarious. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, what else could wow. I do? I could move check to out the early country. and become a, and join them. Become yeah. a ghost yourself. I wow. think that's what they want. If they won't leave me alone. Okay. Alternate answer: hire someone to you know do some spiritual stuff. Keep the ghost away. I don't know uh-huh. if it's scary. Oh, m- mom, I'm on a. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, I heard it coming. Like, I heard the dogs barking. I was like, someone's gonna, she's gonna walk back here. I felt it in my spirit, even though I told her I was on this call. Anywho. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the alternate answer you said? Maybe hire an exorcist. I know I'm okay. not possessed, but maybe they can somehow help. Like a they ghost would, I feel like, Yeah, I feel like they would believe me. Everyone else thinks I'm yeah. crazy, but I'm like, hey, there's yeah. some stuff happening spiritual beings okay yeah okay all right i like those answers okay so let's say uh you're you're this handsome wealthy son of a gun who owns a massive shopping establishment you love money you're a greedy Mm. greedy capitalist okay and you're good at making money Mm. and one day you meet this woman who just grabs you by the arm and she says that whenever she touches you, she stops seeing ghosts. So she keeps touching you. What do you do? Is this the story of the show? Because I'm into this. <laughs> Watch it. Now. It is. Oh, that's sick. Um, wow. So that's me. Um, she's seeing ghosts. I don't know. If I'm making money, part of me, first thought, we need to get you on TV. We need to, you know, get some money out of this. We need to sell your story. Um, 
I think that's yeah. very lucrative. So that's my first thought. Yeah. But she kept. Does, do I like this woman? I like her. Not yet. Like you just encountered her. I'm not yeah. in love with her. She's not. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Not she yet. touches me. She grabs me. Like out of nowhere, she just touches you. Yeah. It's like you know that Jesus oh. and the cloak story. Like mm. this woman just touches Jesus' cloak and she it's feels healed. You. It's mm. like that. Except. I'm not Jesus. I'm a little freaked out. I'm a little freaked out. I'm a little scared. Yeah, this woman, she's like, she's like, I see ghosts, but when I when I touch you, I stop seeing them. I mean, yeah, maybe restraining order, but try to get that TV <laughs> deal in there first, because I okay, do okay. think there's some money involved. Oh yeah, yeah, that's some good IP. Okay, got it, <laughs> got it. All right, so okay, you're the, you're the same rich boy. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You have this past trauma from your childhood. Okay. You and your childhood g- girlfriend were kidnapped and held at ransom, all right, for this diamond necklace that costs like $10 million. And uh, you watched your girlfriend die in front of you, all right, because something went awry. Your girlfriend burned in a car and died, and you watched her die. You couldn't rescue her. This ghost seeing lady tells you that she can see your dead girlfriend wandering around you. What do you do? Oh my. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm going to need to know where I can watch this after. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> focusing. Um, I'm thinking a seance. I probably want to talk to old girl. She's walking uh-huh. around me. Yeah. What gives? Yeah. Maybe yeah. a seance. Um, let's try to get me to talk with her. Or maybe yeah. you could just tell me what she's saying if you're hearing her. I don't know if we have to yeah. do a seance. It seems like right. you know what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I assume part of me still loves her, you know, because yeah. she died. We didn't get to close that chapter. So, right. I want to mm-hmm. talk to her. OK, find out what what it's about, what the deal mm-hmm. is. OK, good. All right. So you're the you're the same uh, rich, handsome guy. Mm-hmm. All right. You're starting to like this ghost seeing lady. All right. You're starting to dig her. Of course. And you find yourself depending on her a lot. OK. But there's this studly, handsome, young, sprightly security guy who keeps hanging out with her. And you oh. keep seeing them together. What do you do? Oh, um, I don't know. I feel like my first, I'm a little defensive because it's like, hey, can he stop the ghost from you? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Why are you wasting your time with this guy? He can protect you in this world, but I protect you in the metaphysical. Okay. So you need to stick with me. <laughs> I don't know why you're wasting your time. Right. Um, yeah, maybe I would put a hit out on him. I don't know if that's the right answer. <laughs> okay. Get rid of the competition. I got money to wow. blow. Yeah. Um, Man, no. You're ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'd try to set him up with someone else. Like, maybe like, hey, there's this other girl. Yeah. It's not yeah. my lady. Okay. Help. Distract him with another, another lady. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, let's say uh, you're this ghost-seeing lady now, okay? The rich CEO guy, he gets into an accident. Something happens. And when he wakes up from his accident, he can't remember who you are. No idea. Can't remember you. Lost all his memory. Never Can't remember ever meeting you. Nothing. All right? And he starts hanging out with a really hot, rich lady. But you love this guy. What do you do? Wait, what? I mean, I feel like I should have been there to tell him, like, show him some pictures of us. Like, remember when we went to this place and, like, we had so much fun? Um, Is his memory going back to childhood or just, like, the past, like, he forgot our time? Or, like, does he remember his dead girlfriend? Like, like the old he can't girl? remember the last, like, several months. Copies. So. so maybe I would just try to, you know, do what I did before it worked the first time. I'm like, hey, when I touch you, I don't see ghosts anymore. Uh-huh. That'd be my okay. strategy. Try to recreate right. what we had. Yes. All right. All right. And try to bring it all back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. All right. Very good. That wraps up our flashcard series. Ooh. Where can yeah. I watch this show? <laughs> Look it up on this site called Vicky. 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 Uh, V-I-K-I. Uh, Netflix used to have it. I don't think they have it anymore. But you could check and see. I don't think it's there. But mm-hmm. Vicky definitely has it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could watch it free with ads. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Yay. I'm going to look that up. It's called Master's Son. It's a good Master's show. Uh, the women who wrote it, they're this like sister duo. They're they're very famous for 
writing fun shows together. Um, anyway, it was lovely talking to you. Thanks yeah, this is great. Folks, next week I'm going to talk about a really, really old school drama called All About Eve. It is very, very retro, but when I was in middle school, I liked this show. I thought it was fantastic. Sadly, most of the people on this show are not really well known, but there is one character on this show who everybody knows because she is the star of Penthouse. And I'll get into that. I'll talk about that next week, okay? She is amazing. She's fucking amazing. So I'm really excited to talk about that next week. You guys, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for your your listenership. I, I really genuinely appreciate all of your support and your love and your fandom. I am still taking requests for show coverages. If there are certain Korean dramas that you'd like me to talk about, please email me at kdramaschool at gmail.com. You can follow me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at kdramaschool. And you guys, like I said, if you want to donate a couple bucks so that I could finish this goddamn movie, please do so. My GoFundMe campaign is online and it is on my website, kdramaschool.com. It's inside the episode 26 page. So please visit that and click on the link and donate. And folks, subscribe to my YouTube channel. What the hell? I ask you guys to subscribe every single week and like nobody does it and it bums me out. Please subscribe. I mean, that's very important to me. It is. Thank you. I love you. Take care. I'll see you all next week. 